Hello, hello. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast and a happy Halloween to all that are listening to this. I hope you got lots of candy and I hope you scared the hell out of someone close to you uh, that you love. That's what it's all about. So (laughs) in this episode, we have a conversation with writer and director Katie Amond and actress Tiffany Montgomery. This one was different. We, we did this one live in the VIP tent at the Nashville Film Festival. And we did it there because that is where Katie and Tiffany's dramedy, Five Women in the End, premiered. So let me go into the bios now. We'll start with Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany is an award-winning actress and producer based in Los Angeles. She's been working professionally since her college days where she received a full scholarship to study acting. Her film, Strategy and Pursuit, Roulette and Insignificant Others were featured at numerous film festivals where they won multiple awards. Most recently, she produced and starred in Five Women in the End, the aforementioned Five Women in the End, set for distribution in early 2020. Our other interviewee, onto her bio, Katie Amon. Katie is first and foremost a storyteller. She's dedicated her professional career to female-driven storytelling, crafting films, and shows with a blend of humor and heart that tackle tough issues and often promote social awareness. After graduating from the University of New Orleans with her MFA in film production, she quickly jumped into the film industry. Her pilot, The Woodshed, debuted at the International Television Film Festival in Los Angeles, where she won Best Director. This project took Katie to several national film festivals. After the festival circuit, Katie worked in production for some of Hollywood's biggest films shot in Louisiana, including Terminator Genesis, The Best of Me, Geostorm, The Big Short, which I loved, and Fox's Scream Queens. She has directed and edited regional commercials and several music videos, the latest of which is currently syndicating on CMT, that's Country Music Television, Katie has been writing screenplays for over a decade and has several in various stages of development. She has placed in several screenwriting competitions, including Austin Film Festival Screenwriting Competition, Screencraft, The Page Awards, Roadmap Writers and Route One Entertainment, and Slam Dance. Katie now calls Nashville home, where she continues to develop feature films and pilots. Her feature film directorial debut, Five Women in the End, debuted to sold-out crowds at the 50th Annual Nashville Film Festival and is slated for distribution in early 2020. Her next project, currently titled Rattled, begins filming in January 2020. And without further ado, I give you my interview with Katie Amond and Tiffany Montgomery live at the Nashville Film Festival in the VIP tent. Enjoy. You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. My name's Katie Amond. I'm a 
writer, director, producer, storyteller, all encompassing. I am the writer director of five women in the end, which is a micro budget feature film currently on the festival circuit. And the next film I am working on is called code G in development. And, uh, yeah, toss it to, (laughs) I'm Tiffany Montgomery. I'm an actress producer and trying to be a writer of my first feature. I am currently, well, we currently have five women in the end that is in uh, festival circuits and, um, in the future we're working on code G and many more productions. Just be ready. (laughs) Ladies. Thank you so much. This has actually been a long time coming. I've I've actually had people message me um, both on Instagram and in text. uh, Like, why haven't you interviewed Katie? Why haven't you interviewed Tiffany? That's happened for both of you. That's a fact. And we do get those messages. People, it's interesting. Like, people want to see us succeed so badly. Like, you should interview this person. Like, we got Sarah Antonio because... 30 people said interview Sarah Antonio yeah. and they're like Sarah we have to interview you now uh, <laughs> like people people want to hear me and she was totally cool and loved it it was great interview but that happens all the time and you guys are definitely no exception uh, and I'm so happy you're here you're like uh, I was thinking about you Katie you're like the contemporary Robert Rodriguez is that what it is yeah, like you do music, <laughs> you edit, yeah. you produce, yeah. you write, direct, you kind of do it all, and uh, and you do it all really well. Like I listened to your music video, and the song was the bomb. Thank you. Like you're doing good shit. And Tiffany, you recently moved out to L.A., yeah. and you know, it's funny, I interviewed Joey Von Hager recently, and one of the questions that I asked him is why haven't you moved to LA? Like your business partners, Wes and Leslie powers have moved to LA. Uh, Josh Moody and Jenna moved to LA. Why aren't you? And he had a pretty articulate answer about it. Uh, I'm curious what, what I'll start with you. What drove you to, to Los Angeles? What, what made you pull the trigger? Yeah. I've dreamed of it. Everyone does. Right. Just being where like the bigger productions are. Um, but I've been here in Nashville for 12 years and I've, created a great community of filmmakers and surrounded around extremely talented people. And I just felt like the timing was right for me to just go out there and just, just be out there in that market and give it a go. Cause you never know if you don't try, you're never going to know like what could actually happen from it and kind of bridge the two, you know, Nashville, LA more just like Leslie and Wes and Josh and everyone out there that's, that's from Nashville that's out there now. So, right. Yeah. Any pitfalls you can share? <laughs> it's any, a transition. Any upside? Like what's the best? What's the worst part? Uh, traffic, just the transition because Nashville that's the has worst part. Just to be clear, the traffic. No, the, the tra- transition. Oh. Let, me go, let me go back to that. The transition mm-hmm. Nashville. What I love about Nashville is the community because you have like a family here and we're mm-hmm. all here supporting each other. Yeah. And, helping each other grow in our strengths. Right. And there you're starting over and it's a little harder to get really connected from what I hear, but I'm grateful. I know a lot of people out there already and you just have to work a little harder. I think at kind of cultivating that and keeping that community where Nashville, we're really lucky here. Mm-hmm. We're really, really lucky. So just no maintaining that kind of community within the arts and what you're going after. So that's like the downfall, but also the yeah, I guess that'd be the hard part, just like finding that. 
That's great. And, and it's, I'm three it, months in, yeah, so yeah. ask we'll, me in we'll, a year. We're going to check back with you. Yeah, we'll check back with you, see how you feel. Yeah. Of course, we'll take you back with open arms, but I hope you do great, and I think oh, yeah. you will. Um, Katie, yeah. you uh, are from – you've worked consistently – since May like 2009 ish mm-hmm. and have always been doing things. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Um, that path you've been on doing a lot of editing work yep. along the way, but you come from this little place called Livingston in Louisiana. What was the moment for you that you knew you wanted to tell stories um, for, so and, and be involved in this business when I was 11? Well, I'll just start by, I lived like a block away from a video store. Remember those? <laughs> like a captain video in tanning salon? No, no, we didn't have a tanning salon until I was in high school. Um, <laughs> we just got a traffic light, Chris. Right. Um, no, uh, so I'm kidding. I It's a small town, but it's lovely. Um, I had a video rental store, and my mom would let me rent whatever. Mm-hmm. So at 11, I rented Train Spotting. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. At 11. <laughs> Not a great movie for your living room, right? And in that scene where he like dives into the toilet, mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I want to do things like this. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, I got so into, I mean, I think I'm really fortunate that I grew up in that 90s, late 90s era of just great indie films, like mm-hmm. Linklater stuff, like Suburbia, Days to Confused, um, Train Spotting, The Ice Storm, Wonder Boys. Those are all the movies that like made me really want to make movies. Of course, Pulp Fiction, and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, so I would say from the time I was about 11 or 12, that's all I ever wanted to do. That's great. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's an odd, it's an odd film that to, because I think even as an adult, you watch train spotting and you might need to watch it again. Yeah. I love them because like, I don't know if it's what's it about. I'm like Scottish heroin addicts. But it's really great. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you need to watch it a second time just to get maybe yeah. the the language of it down. Yeah. Um, like the opening monologue to Train Spotting, it was on a poster on my door in my bedroom all through high school. Mm-hmm. I think it still is actually in my mom's house. That's awesome. <laughs> like if you go back and see where Katie grew up, there's a Train Spotting opening monologue poster. I used door. to work at Blockbuster Video oh, yeah. when I was 19 years old. And they used to have these life-size cardboard cutouts that they'd bring in to promote movies. Mm-hmm. And Liar Liar had just come out with Jim Carrey. And they had a cutout cardboard, like, life-size thing of, like, Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. Yeah. And anytime the movie was out of the out of the rental store, you could take that stuff home if you wanted to because they were just going to toss it. Did you have a Jim Carrey in your bedroom? So, yeah, I took Jim Carrey home. <laughs> and um, nice. because I was such a, a deviant little boy, uh, I decided to uh, put it behind my mother's uh, bathroom door at night. <laughs> and we had a kind of bathroom where it was joined on both sides. There was yeah. a door on both sides. Uh-huh. Jack and Jill. So she, yeah. Jack and Jill. Exactly. So she would open one side of the door, close it and lock it and then close the other side that went to the hallway. So when she closed that door, Jim Carrey would be standing there, but it would be the middle of the night. That brilliant. So when she did it, I would just waited up all night for the scream. And like at 2 a.m., it just like the most blood curdling scream. And I went in there, and Jim Carrey was fucked up. (laughs) Jim Carrey was destroyed. He didn't stand a chance versus my mom. She doesn't even know karate, but she knew karate then. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, shit, I can't, I can't play this joke twice, but it was worth it. It was great. Uh, So, totally with you with the uh, with the swag you get from from movies. Um, But we're here to talk about uh, mostly uh, five women in the end. 
because it's here at the Nashville Film Festival. I'm super pumped. I can't wait to see it tomorrow. Uh, for those listening, this is Wednesday night, and it yeah. premieres Thursday night. Uh, what was the inspiration for this movie? Um, let's see. I was I moved to Nashville to work on another feature, and it was going in a, a weird direction. So I kind of just reached that point where I was. I had that first time director. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stigma. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I was like, you know, I just need to, I need to make a movie. And, um, I was like, I just need to make a small movie. Why, why haven't I done that? I can just do that first. And, um, I had the idea. I think it was just some like article I read a long time ago that kind of, it was like a different types of women, the guy's girl, the girl's girl, the career girl. And so I was like, let's take these five different types of women and I met with my friend Bailey Heineman, who I had co-written a bunch of songs with, and she um, was wanting to do some like online content. I was like, "How about just a feature, right? <laughs> like a contained feature?" She was <laughs> like, "I'm else. listening," and I was like, "Okay, five types of women. We lock them in a room. They can't get out, and they have to come to terms with their own mortality." And she was like, "Oh," and I was like, "You know, like the guys' girl, the girls' girl." She's like, "Yeah, this sounds great. It'll be like a BuzzFeed quiz. Let's do it." Right. And um, <laughs> like three weeks later, we had five women in the end. Yeah. And which which girl are you? I am the domestic Tiffany. darling. The domestic you're, darling. You're the domestic darling. Mm-hmm. So explain that. What does that mean? Well, my character is a former child star who mm-hmm. is married to a country artist, a mm-hmm. well-known country artist. So, of course, there's, you know, hidden uh, th- like stories b- between what their relationship is. And so you kind of see that unfold. And um, Dirty Laundry gets aired throughout the movie about each character. So it's all I can give away for now. Right, she's like yeah. like one of the most domestic traits is that she's a stress baker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love she the comes cookies. bearing cookies. Mm-hmm. Perfect, cookies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see that. Um, it's true. Like when those things happen, individuals in real life, they change and don't even know they've changed. Their personalities altered, and they they don't know it. And they also need their personality to alter, just survive in that new world. It feels like um, I happen to be uh, in concert with a lot of those people, actually. Yeah. And so I'm going to really relate to your character, Tiffany. Not bad people, just things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the biggest challenge? So the, the word on the street is that you shot this on an iPhone 8? Um, we had two iPhones. We had a 10 and an 8 Plus. And, okay, 8 and a 10. Um, it's the exact same wide camera. The okay. telly on the 10 is better. Okay. Got telephoto. it. The telephoto lens. The telephoto lens right. on the Got 10 it. is better. Lesson learned. <laughs> but in general, um, the it's the same phone as far as the wide angle lens. What? So a lot of filmmakers listen to this, a lot of first-time filmmakers, mm-hmm. uh, aspiring filmmakers. What's mm-hmm. the biggest challenge shooting with an iPhone? Um. I think for us, uh, space is one, the amount of space it takes up, the time it takes to actually unload all the footage. And how clear do you get that? That's a good, I'm sorry. Let me interject there. How do you deal with that? What do you, how do you get, we would shoot um, like four or five hours. Is, is it, yeah. is it all dongles that are connected to drives or how no, are you doing? Uh, how are shoot, you getting the space? I wiped my phone. Wow. Before we shot. That's I backed it up and wiped commitment. it. Yes. Yeah. I did that last yep. week for a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> you just back it up, wipe it clean, mm-hmm. and then 
use all of your space, literally. Got it. Um, same thing with, uh, man, I don't know. Do you edit this? Like, can you cut things out? Yeah. Cause I, don't, I mean, we, we bought an iPhone 10 and then we used it and then we returned it. <laughs> that doesn't need to be cut out. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just like, you know, I, I loved it. Audio Veritas. I, here, I thought it was great. Lady. Like, yeah, we just paid for it in cash and we bought an unlocked iPhone. Mm-hmm. You literally used all the space on it. Yeah. Um, and I think we would get about four or five hours yeah. out of it. And then I would have to go dump them. And usually it timed out like lunch, you know, Yeah. because it would take an hour basically to dump it and back it up, you know. Um, But we used Filmic Pro. Um, Yeah, I hear that's awesome. The Filmic Pro app is almost a great app. Mm -hmm. Almost. Yeah. It's got some flaws that, you know, lessons learned along the way. But um, like one of the things, for example, is within Filmic Pro, you tell your iPhone, I'm going to use either telephoto, wide, or the zoom. Mm-hmm. And let's say we're on the wide. And I use moment lenses, so mm-hmm. they're little lenses that just clip onto this case. Very and good. Um, if I decided to switch to telephoto, I would have to reset all of my settings. It wouldn't save oh. your white balance or your ISO or anything. So right. you had to literally go back and change that every time. By the end, we were like, okay, this is the wide phone and this is the telephone. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, at the telephone. The telephone. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, was like, yeah. I made a pun. I like mm-hmm. it. It was um, a dad joke. <laughs> yeah. So I would say just the hardest part was learning that because it was new to all of us so so the so the hack then is to just go ahead and budget for let's say buying three or four phones and then you having can. each phone set we in the settings to, you want to, you know I, I mean with that new iphone 11 maybe you want three <laughs> yeah and and so with filmic do you have to have a different account for each phone or no. can you have one account you can have one account and put it on multiple phones great the cool thing is you can also use one of them as a remote and so like you know, we had some God shots mm-hmm. that we put way overhead and we watched it from my phone while it was shooting on the tent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So super cool. Yeah, We did some things like that too. Yeah. I'm actually was like, um, like dancing around downloading that. Yeah. Uh, it's just a great for, app. just for some of my fun, like personal sh- stuff. Yeah. Not that personal. I don't want it to sound creepy, but, uh, <laughs> no, I get but, it. <laughs> but, yeah, but then I read the reviews. Yeah. Like, and it was like, everyone's saying exactly what you said, like yeah. almost, almost the perfect. best app of all yeah, time, like great. some and different I mean, like, things. Like no that. DP wants to shoot on an iPhone, but em- Emerson Kyle was my DP and mm-hmm. she was so cool about it. She was just like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want, I'm down. Let's do it. So, so yeah. I actually had that written down as a question. So I want to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. I know budget's a thing with every independent film, mm-hmm. but there had to be more like, why did you make that because choice to shoot with so an iPhone? Small. So we made this for, Essentially twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I paid everybody. Um, nobody worked for free. Good. Except like I had an intern. Except Tiffany. We had an intern. <laughs> hell no. Um, we, everybody I don't work for free. Everybody got paid. Um, Shouldn't rap for free, Katie. That editor. <laughs> that editor worked her butt off. That editor free, worked yeah. for free yeah. essentially. That editor worked for free. Um, <laughs> being me. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now. We spent the money we had, right? Right. So um, the fact that, number one, it was cheaper, but number two, uh, when you don't have that kind of budget, you can use it as a marketing ploy. Yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought that, it was, it was most, that's the smartest thing. It's 99% that business side of me saying, let's shoot it on an iPhone because we can. Right. 
you know. No, it's true. Um, and, and, and there's already examples out there, uh, yeah. like with, um, with Soderbergh yeah. and, and others. Um, who's the, um, the, the person that directed Tangerine? Sean Baker. Sean Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's already out there mm-hmm. as an example of how you can use it in a marketing totally. and branding standpoint. And I thought I think it's always a brilliant play where you take the thing that you're and Nick and I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. The key is to take the thing that people think is your weakness mm-hmm. and try your best to turn it into a strength. Mm-hmm. And that's a great example of that. Yeah. So I thought no, that's pretty cool. And um, and it turned out like you're not going to know like unless somebody tells you yeah you're not gonna know it just yeah. it looks like a movie yeah um you always write these um coming of age movies with women like women female coming of age you've got koji coming up which yeah. is similar to that uh and tiffany i don't know if you if you read that mm-hmm. uh, yeah um will you ever make a coming of age movie for dudes Probably not, but the only reason is like because I'm not a dude. Right, you <laughs> yeah. just want to write what you know, and I write what I know, and I can say that like I think that as human beings, friendships and how we treat other people mm. is like the most important thing you can do in life. Yeah, and so yeah. I write a lot about the bonds between people, on, uh, mostly female friendships. I have some scripts where it's males and females, but. Yeah, it's like romantic comedies, but there's no romance. <laughs> right. And, and they're not exclusively, I just want to be clear, they're not exclusively women in your movies. Like, they're just mostly yeah. women. And no, that's my target so, audience. Yeah. 52% yeah. of the population is my target audience. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 50 to 75-year-old women. Is what <laughs> they're part of that. They're part of that, 52%. Yeah. Uh, I, shoot I can't that. wait for my grandma to see five women. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> All the surprises. <laughs> just wait for a classic Ooh. grandma question yeah. to come out. Like that's totally nonplussed. Like I like, wish yeah. we could talk about our Thanksgiving. You know. uh, I mean, how, how explicit can we get? It's an explicit podcast. There's an E fun. on every episode. Because I mean, I'm going to cuss. I can't help it. If it's anything, you know, on Black Friday, I was like, okay, we need to go get this particular prop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we should probably go to the Hustler store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I text my friend whose apartment I'm apartment By the way, yeah. people would go to the Hustler store more if they didn't have to be seen at the Hustler store. Right? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm like, I'm like Tiff, let's go to Hustler. This is Black Friday, And she's you. just like, oh, God. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, we just, we got to go get the toy. You know, it's for the movie. We got to mm-hmm. go get it. We're funded. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's do and, it. Um, and so I text my friend whose apartment. I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm going to go for like just the rest of the evening we have to run by hustler she was like no no go get my rewards card first and i was like oh okay (laughs) these are the kind of things that turn into dialogue and scripts because you find out little things about your friends and you're like oh okay um but anyway so that's what we did on black friday (laughs) you'll you'll see here's the thing about black friday too by the way i think it's the only thing that starts with black that's that has a, like a positive connotation like black ice is bad <laughs> black ice is bad yeah like, and like i know like black strap molasses is good yeah there you go i gotta <laughs> think of some more black raspberry jelly oh yeah black raspberry or well, actually black jam. cherry 
Black cherry? Black cherry soda? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to think of some things. Black lives matter. Yeah. There's a lot of things that start with black. Mm, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with your 52% thing on that again. <laughs> when, that, when you say black lives matter here, it's not always a great response. Well, but it should be. It yeah. should Thank be. you for the love. It absolutely should yeah. be. This is what minorities think about, by the way. Ridiculous shit. <laughs> um, around, around how are they using this? Yeah. The black eight ball in a pool game that I see... I see what's happening. We, we get very conspiratorial. Oh, I get it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I want to throw something at you. Okay. Speaking of conspiracy, Tiffany. Oh, gosh. Because uh, <laughs> Katie, like she just mentioned, okay, this is her audience, mostly women on set. Um, and we saw kind of what happened with Big Little Lies on HBO. Either confirm or dispel that, that, that idea, that conspiracy that – women on set are a little bit harder to work with if in their big group harder to direct maybe or not harder but maybe um it's different you have to come with a different energy perhaps not on our side. No, not on my side. Good, good, good. We only attract the people that are like us. So, like so, minded. so, so, so that's great news. But like, but it was all fun all day. No, yeah, no I mean, drama, there's nothing. Most part, there's definitely the most part. like I think for me, I I learned a lot because being a producer and an actress, mm-hmm. I, there was times like taking off that hat was kind of difficult because I also was a part of like the house we were shooting in was something that was connected to, yeah. to me or you know and so. Anyways, that's kind of off topic, but as a whole, all of us know, I think we did pass around a sickness that kind of went, everyone got, we got the crud. I, <laughs> I'm on camera terrible. with the crud. Um, but other than that, no, I, I, I actually don't even know about this conspiracy because I think women are pretty fabulous and we worked well together. Yeah. And maybe it was a bad turn of phrase by me. So E me, <laughs> like, it's not that women aren't fabulous, but I guess I want to know, and, and maybe Katie, you can jump in on this too. Sure. I want to know what. The primary difference is between about, a male a male dominated set and a female dominated set. How about that? Are you talking about like the idea that women can be catty? That's how I gathered that um, question. I, I'm just no, not sure what you mean no, by not, not really. What do you but, mean but, by like more difficult? But yeah, and that was probably a bad turn of phrase because that's not what I'm getting at. I guess I really want to know what is the key because you guys have been doing this so long, mm-hmm. and I assume that you've been on mostly male dominated sets. Yeah. So I'm curious what the difference is, the key differences in your minds, like between a male dominated set and a female dominated set. We had a lot of male in the crew. We so I feel like we, we were about had 50, a good, 50. I feel like we had a good balance as okay. far as like the women and the actors. Yeah. yeah. That was mostly us girls. I, yeah. Go for that. Do you have a, I mean, more? and if there's no difference, it's okay too. I, well, I don't want to bail you it's out. It's different but. because a lot of times it's department heads and everyone's always answering to somebody, but our mm. crew was so small. Mm. It was just like, the, I mean, the majority of stuff was me and Emerson discussing, can we do this? Can we do that? We, I mean, we like disagreed on a few things, but then we just like took a break and took a breather and then came right back to it and jumped yeah. in. You know, it was like, I'm like, if that was the worst it's going to be, like, I'll work with this girl every day. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. There was no like butting heads or anything like super, super stubborn or there's a lot I feel like maybe it was just the set in particular there was a lot less ego and more people were there for the project yeah and same as, as compared to a male dominated cast not necessarily even cast or, or crew but the, 
Or but I've been on to, sets where there are yeah. where egos get in the way, yeah. and it's like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Whereas this set was like, come here, let me show you how to do this. Yeah, you know, like we had interns, and it's like you're going to slate now. Here's what you do. Yeah. you know that kind of thing. Um, yeah. it's it's just, and and I don't necessarily think that has anything to do with gender. It's literally ego and and st- stubbornness and and your ability to talk to people. Yeah, I think that's great. That yeah. that, that that's the the conclusion. Yeah, because I've been on sets where you have a male producer, female director. And they're not getting along. Oh, we get stepped on. But it feels like, <laughs> yeah. but it feels like that was ego. Yeah. But it could easily be described as a difference in um, gender yeah. between two people at expert level. You could see it that way, yeah. and and I know some guys who like just don't want to answer to to you know the next if the if the hierarchy has a woman on top. Um, in this particular department or whatever, a guy might not want to answer to it. And I think that just goes back to like old traditions, but mm-hmm. things are changing and everything is equalizing. And, yeah. and I just think the, like, you know, if everyone, and I'm speaking for like everyone, regardless of gender can just put their own ego away mm-hmm. and try to make the best film possible. And in this case, yes. this was my vision, but it, it w- it's a creative process. I never call it my film. I always say our film. I always talk about all the work that went into it because there's no way I could have done it by myself, you know? I love it. And so it's a ton of creative, like, I love creative input. Now, I don't ever let it get to the part where it's too many people trying to suggest things at once. It's like, this is what we're going to do. But there would be times when we were just fishing around and then, like, Emerson would have an angle. And I'm like, that's cool. Stay. (laughs) Now we're shooting from this angle. You know, like that kind of thing. I think it's all about, like, you know, just planning having your shot list, knowing what you want and being able to communicate. Yeah. Communication is key. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really the difference to me, um, yeah. in everything, <laughs> like everything is how good are you at commununicating what you want to someone else in yeah. every line in of business and exactly. life I've ever yeah. been in. Oh yeah. Um, and another part of that was limitations. Yeah. <laughs> they required some creativity because we didn't have a lot. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have a lot of, of, uh, equipment or lights, you know, so it was like, make it daylight. Sorry, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> I just think it's amazing anytime a feature film gets shot at that budget level and comes it's, out the way yours did. It's crazy. So it's, I'm, um, I'm proud. It's not a perfect film, but I'm damn proud of it. Yeah. And yeah. it's here. It's it made the festival yeah. and uh, it's going to be a hometown favorite for sure. Just a couple more questions. You guys have been super awesome. We're doing this. Uh, <laughs> in the sexy hour in the middle of the night uh, <laughs> at the film festival, like we are alone. Um, alone. So in Tiff, the VIP tent. Yeah, yeah in the VIP tent. Um, <laughs> Tiff. I'll sleep here tonight. Um, so let's see how couches. Um, you, again, going back to sort of, you, you've been doing this a long time. You've been acting a long time. Um, you've been consistent showing moments of bravery and courage to go after your dream. I'm curious along the way, what two pieces of advice have been the best and and who gave them to you? Yeah, I have been doing this a long time. Um, Don't give up. I think a lot of people have said that, that if your heart in anything that you do, whatever capacity or whatever type of work, if you truly feel like it's your like calling in life, don't Mm -hmm. give up. And gosh, another piece of advice Hmm, just knowing who you are and being confident, you're enough. 
And once you kind of have that and then you, of course, do your work and take classes and, and get to where you feel confident in your craft, then let me jump in on that. How do you know when you're good? This is a, a, this has been a question recently that's come up (laughs) in the last three or four conversations. Oh gosh. How do you know? How do I know? That's a really good question because I feel like Gotta get that feedback. That's so, it's feedback, yeah. It's confidence. It. So yeah. it is external. So, Katie, am I am, am I good? <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> I, I but she but she tells you you're good by putting you in the movie. You right. See what I mean? Without her having yeah. to verbalize. I think it, maybe you know? bo- booking. You book stuff. People, other people want to hire you, or of course, acting class. I always you know wish that people could see acting class because there's so many like versions yeah. of an actor you can be that some people don't see. Right. Um, Tiffany's one of the only, I used, okay. So I've told all my actor friends, like if I'm free, I will read with you. Cause it keeps my directing chops up. Mm-hmm. If I can read a video audition with them and get them two drastically different performances to turn in. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany took advantage of that more than anybody else. <laughs> like when she was still here, I was at her house, what, at least twice a week, at I least like it. maybe more yeah. my favorite reader, but that's how I knew how talented she was. Cause I saw her range right all the time. Right. You know, that's sweet. That's good. Oh, 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 <laughs> no, but I mean, that's seriously like a, that alone should be validation because it's like, I've seen what you're capable of. Yeah. 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 I love that. So sticking on this sort of teaching and education and knowing when you're good tip, um, this was, I want to throw this one at you, Katie. Um, if you had one month to teach someone how to direct a film, one month for them to be competent enough to walk out and shoot their own movie, mm-hmm. what would be the first three things you'd teach them? Um, the first one is, uh, okay, wait, so is this director? Mm-hmm. Did they write their own script or are they given a script? <laughs> um, that's a very, so we've asked this question before and we've never got that question back. Because that's where it because starts. Because the, the relevance of that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, because you're not talking about, you're talking, so the technical would change. Let's say they wrote their own stuff. Okay, let's say they wrote their own stuff. First I'd say is get that script as tight as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like get a lot of outside feedback, get coverage, get the structure down. As far as directing your actors, I always go through my script with colored pencils Mm -hmm. and I write an objective beside every single line of dialogue. That way, if I'm ever like having a bad day or I'm lost with an actor and I'm just not quite getting what I want to get, I'm never going to say, Hey, can you just say it like this? Cause line readings are so insulting unless I'm like really close to that person and it's 3am and I'm like, look, I'm just too tired and I can't do it. (laughs) And like my brain is mush. Could you please just say it like this? (laughs) That's the only time I will ever do that. And I will apologize up front. But if you have your objectives and they can be simple to seduce, to inform, to amuse. If you have your objectives, then your actor can get their motivation. Right. You know, so that way you're never lost. You're not getting the performance you want. Go back to your objective. Now you know what to tell your actor. Go get it. Use a good verb, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. in your objectives. Mm-hmm. So that that was one tight story. Know your objectives. Three, understand the basics of framing and cinematography. Um, you don't have so you're talking 180 rule and yes, don't break the 180 unless you understand what it is. And there's a reason you're doing that. Um, keep your eyes on that upper third, you know, like mm-hmm. basically you don't have to light it, but you need to know how to talk to the person who is lighting it. Right. And then honestly, I think every director should have to edit something 
because like I mean like I'm I yeah I've been called a coverage horror many times because <laughs> I get so much coverage I'm like nope two cameras come on let's go yeah and then um and, and I like to shoot higher resolution that I'm going to finish so that I can steal coverage if I need more right but right. you know I'm always going to have enough coverage and that's because I was an editor first yeah, because one of the first things I was told uh, when we started in 2014 was that there are two types of directors, ones that overshoot and one that try to shoot exactly what they need. And I yeah. think overshooting, in my experience, is better because when you realize that that final 10 minutes doesn't work and now you have to go back and do pickups mm-hmm. because you just didn't get it. Yeah. Or like, like it's just better. I think for feature films, it's just maybe for music videos, it's better just to shoot what you need. Yeah. But yeah. for feature films, shoot everything. So yeah. I like that. Um, ladies, you're awesome. Uh, Tiffany, I'll start with you. Where, where can we find you on social media, on the internet? Where can we see your work? Um, at Tiffany Montgomery. Tiffany like the jewelry, Montgomery like the capital of Alabama. <laughs> that's hysterical that I just said that. Yeah. Um, that's my Instagram. People don't spell it. I don't know if that helps anybody. <laughs> I know. Everyone, I've had the weirdest yeah. spellings of my name, yeah. so I'm like, those are the ways. It's like Angel from Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. So, yeah, mostly and Instagram. And, 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 so on Instagram, are you on Twitter? No. I try to keep it simple. Facebook? Yeah. So Tiffany Montgomery on Facebook, mm-hmm. Tiffany Montgomery on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And where can people see your work um, online, if at all? My website, TiffanyMontgomery.com. TiffanyMontgomery.com. All yeah. right. Katie, what about you? Um, I am KD Amond on everything, all the socials. And um, Five Women in the End is is Five Women in the End on Instagram. And it's uh, FiveWomenMovie.com and Five Women Movie on Facebook and that is five F I V E, not the number. That's perfect. Okay, I've got one last question for you, Katie. You're gonna ask we'll, me about advice because I love that one. And then we'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, I could. Do you really want me to ask? I just you? I will tell you one thing I read that I've never forgotten. Okay, tell me. Okay, so in their say, what's the best piece of advice that keeps you going? Elizabeth Gilbert wrote this book called okay. Big Magic, yes. and on page one forty eight, she talks about eating the shit sandwiches. That's what you got to do. If you really want it, you have to be willing to eat the shit sandwich and then look at you and say, are you going to finish yours? (laughs) (laughs) And and accept every failure as a step to success. But like being willing to do the things you don't want to do or that you think you're so far above. Yeah. You can't do that. I love yeah. that. And, and, and Nick, uh, my partner, Nick, um, has a similar quote. He say, always roll with the shit. Roll with the because shit. Because without the shit, you don't have fertilizer to grow. Oh, we need fertilizers. Yeah. And shit sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. it. So quick, uh, quick little aside here. Off topic a little bit. <laughs> Off but, topic. But I do want to ask you before fine. you go. Yes. Uh, will you tell this audience about the time that. Boo Ridley. Boo Radley? Boo Radley, sorry. Slobbered all over Khaleesi. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Because, you know, that's like I signed those NDAs. Come on. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the time Boo Radley <laughs> slobbered all over Khaleesi. And tell us if uh, Loretta, the hummingbird, is still with us. Okay, I'm, I'm going to scratch the boo thing. I'm just not. If you ever see me in person, I'll tell you. But I, 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 I don't. We are in person. I know, but like. 
to a listener who may see me on the street and is like, tell me about the time Boo slobbered on Khaleesi. I will be more than happy to recount that story. But I don't want to put it out there on the interwebs because I signed an NDA on on every movie I've worked on. Okay. I will. We will keep this in the vault, but I'm going to to pester you about it as soon as I... I you stop can, recording this. You, you can pester as soon as that, that happens. I can't wait to hear okay. Loretta is still with us, yes. How old is Loretta, the hummingbird? How old is she to me or in life? In life. Uh, I think she's a 2003. How, how old do hummingbirds look? How did you get a hummingbird? That seems like an odd pet. Versus oh, I don't like actually, a parrot or it's, it's a guitar. Oh, it's a guitar. Oh, Gibson, my God. The Gibson hummingbird. Oh, I was told it was a pet. Someone lied to you. Shit. <laughs> this is hysterical. Boo Radley is my pet. He's my son, actually. No, I know that's a pet, yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. maybe that's why I thought it was a pet, because no. it was in the context of no, slobbering all over No, I got a hummingbird a few years ago, but I bought it vintage, so it wasn't mine. So and you play the shit out of it, right? I play the shit out of it, yeah. Yeah, because you... Wait, so you play guitar and... I can, any make, other, you, any I other can make you think I know how to play piano, but I really don't. Got like, it. I don't read music or anything. So you're the inverse of me. I play <laughs> piano, and I can make you think maybe for a second I can play guitar. All right, And yeah. then when you ask me to play a second song, you're I'm like, fucking lost. You're like, pretty much guys, all I yeah. got is Wonderwall. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderwall is all you need. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're playing that, you know, what other song do you need yeah. to go for? So, okay. good. You've got Wonderwall. I've got Heart and Soul. We're musicians. Boom. <laughs> Love it. Ladies, this has been a blast. I can't wait to see Five Women in the End. Thank I can't you. wait to continue to, well, I'm looking forward to continuing following your careers, seeing what you do. I know you're both going to do great things. And thank you so much for taking the time again. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thanks All for right. having us. All right. Let's go to something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. What's open? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Cool. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information on this week's creative, including links to their projects and social media feeds, please visit our website at www.bonsai.film forward slash make it. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. If you do that, the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Show Me How to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative be engaged. And thank you for listening.